Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first House of Spoken podcast for the week of May 21st, 2021. I am your host, David Weymouth. And as I said, this is the first uh, official episode of the House of Spoken podcast. There have been other episodes of the House of Spoken podcast, but they were a little bit different than this one. Um, so over the years, I've been wanting to start my own podcast. but never really got on the right track of doing so. Um, I would either do like a casting podcast with some of my friends or do um, some episode recaps. I did some episode recaps of Big Brother 20 back in those days. Um, those podcasts still exist somewhere, I think. Um, I'm not sure, but, um, so yeah, so this podcast is going to have a little bit of a different, um, setup than other ones. Um, we will be talking about Big Brother and Survivor mainly. This will be a reality TV podcast, competition show podcast in general. I would, you know, when shows like The Circle or The Challenge or maybe the international versions of Survivor and Big Brother, I'll definitely maybe talk about them if I'm interested in, hopefully cover them as well. But um, as for now, we're leading into the busy season, considering Big Brother is coming right around the corner and also Survivor is coming back this fall. Um, so what I wanted to do for the format of this show is to just do mainly a sort of... Is mainly do some so, sort of a news breakdown of things going on. Um, was ever being reported on the news about these shows, uh, cast rumors, all those stuff, all those fun stuff. And uh, we also want to do. We also, when the episodes do come around, we want to do general recaps of what's going on on those episodes, not like full deep dive breakdowns. And we're gonna give my thoughts. On what went down in those episodes but we're gonna more break down the strategy and individual things going on so what i'm gonna do is when those come around i'm gonna do a power rankings so we're gonna rank each individual player of one of those games whether it be big brother or survivor um we'll get into those power rankings and how they work when those come up and i also want to do um alliance charts i want to look at the game board and see where all the pieces lie, because to me that is the most interesting thing about all these games, where all the pieces on the board lay. Um, also, while we're in the off season, the other thing we want to do, or that I want to do, is do just some just some fun casting um, things, kind of like the one that I did uh, like a year ago around this time for Big Brother All Stars. Um, I know we're all pretty sick of. Uh, returnees at this point but you know it's always fun to talk about returnees so while we're in the off season we don't got a lot to talk about might as well do that uh today though we do have quite a few things to talk about the first uh big news story is big brother was announced big brother 23 was announced through i think this was last thursday julie chen and the host of uh, Love Island. I cannot remember her name. Did a clubhouse with the uh, with the narrator of Love Island, Matt Hoffman, 
And they announced that uh, July 27th, Big Brother and Love Island will be premiering on July 7th. Uh, it'll be the 23rd season of Big Brother. Uh, we will also get a live move-in, just like last year, a 90-minute episode as well. Uh, they also announced the season theme, which the season theme will be um, the Big Brother Beach Club, I believe they called it. Um, I can't really find anything else about it. There hasn't really been anything else said in a press release that I can find about what that means, but they have given an update on what the... They did give a um, description in one of the press releases about what the twist might be. At least I think the twist might be. This is more of a theory. Um, so the press release says, house guests are in for a high-stakes summer full of big risk and big rewards, or one wrong gamble could cost them everything. So that's interesting, especially with the word... Um, gamble i know it doesn't really fit in with the like with the idea of it doesn't fit in with the idea of a beach club but the word gamble and big risk big rewards sounds very familiar to high risk high rewards which is kind of a casino thing so i could see maybe some kind of Casino, uh, Polinko, spin the wheel twist, maybe for the Sunday episode. Maybe where they, maybe that's where they give out the powers. You spin a wheel, make a deal. You know, I could definitely see that happening. Another thing with Big Brother is that every season rumors pop up. Twitter, you know, it's Big Brother season when the rumor mill starts. So, spoiler girl, remember her from last summer, has been posting some things. Oh, I see here that she did post a tweet that a casino is something that is considered to be in the beach club theme. I did not know this. I'm just now looking at her Twitter. So she also said that uh, July 7th through July 29th is the estimated uh, time that the season will take place, which is around 84 days. She doesn't. That's not 100%. But that would make sense with the news we got uh, earlier this week about Survivor coming back this fall. And usually um, things start to come back. Like when Survivor comes back, they usually air Big Brother and Survivor back to back. So I can definitely see that happening. And also most fall shows tend to come back around the week after the fall solstice. So either the 20 so the 21st is the the fall like the end of the summer technically in the calendar so the 29th would make the most sense if they were going to do the normal super bowl-esque thing that they usually do uh she is also saying 16 players and the plan is for at least 50 percent of the cast to be diverse and this is based on cbs's new policy uh Obviously, as you all know, last year CBS enacted a new policy that all reality show casts must fall within the 50, 50% um, BIPOC people must be involved, which is a great thing. Uh, as we saw with Big Brother Canada this summer, they even the playing fields in a sense, and we got a great season out of it. So I'm hoping with Big Brother and 
Survivor. We'll talk about casting with Survivor later on, but um, this is a great thing. I think it's going to give us a great cast and give us a great season. Um, also, more on the casting for Big Brother, Spoiler Girl. I People are going to be like, why are you using Spoiler Girl as a source? Well, in the past, she has been deemed a little bit credible. I mean, she did come out with some things about All-Stars that were correct. Some things were not. But, I mean, she's probably, or this person is probably just some random production assistant on the CBS lot. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she actually knew some things that were true. Uh, she says, the plan is tentative, but it will. there will be three black women, two black men, two La one Latino woman, one Latino man, one Middle Eastern or Asian man, one biracial female, four white men, and three white women. I think that this also kind of lines up with another spoiler account that I saw a few weeks ago that claimed to have the entire cast. They had cast, not cast bios, but they had, not cast bios, but they had their, their name plates, like their, their job titles and their ages and stuff. Which, I mean, if these two things are true, I mean, that's... It's great. Um, there's nothing really more I can say about that. I'm gl glad we're getting more representation for uh, these people. I wish they got even more representation than just one or two people in the house. Um, but, uh, yeah. With this, uh, Big Brother will be able to have a great season. I'm really um, hoping for it. After the travesty that was last season, we all saw it. Um, I didn't really say in the beginning but i probably say it now big brother is my favorite reality show i've been watching it since i was eight years old i've been huge into the show for years um i would say probably around big brother 17 is where i really got into feeds and following all that so i really just want a good big brother season it's been after the debauchery that was Big Brother 21 and Big Brother 22, we really deserve a better season. And I'm glad Big Brother Canada gave that to us this season, but Big Brother US really needs to step it up and be on their game and give us a full good season, not just like half a great season and the other half be kind of meh, like Big Brother 20, and then another debauchery like Big Brother 19. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Now, talking about uh, Survivor, Survivor was confirmed, as we discussed earlier, to be returning this fall. Survivor and Tough as Nails will air back-to-back -back on Wednesdays. They have not given a date for the return of Survivor, but if I had to, if I had to guess, it would return on the 29th, like I said. Or it would return the 29th or the 22nd, which is the day after the start of the fall, being the 21st. And those both line up on a Wednesday, so that makes sense. It's also gonna... You know, we've had a year of No Survivor, and I would say I've definitely missed it. I mean, Survivor's not my favorite show. I've only been watching live since, like, season 31. I, I can do without Survivor, but I do like and I do enjoy it. I think it definitely takes itself more seriously than Big Brother, and I, I'm glad it's coming back, especially with the casting initiatives 
that they have taken. And I hope they also get rid of some of the terrible twists that they have had over the past couple of seasons. But I am optimistic that is not going to happen because there was also some things confirmed off the desk of uh, Martin Holmes at uh, Inside Survivor. He said that season 41 to have no title. I have seen some people be a little bit negative on this. Some people love the season theme. Some people don't. Other people have been very positive um, about this. Uh, me, though, I I think this is a good thing. I This might be a double-edged sword, but I think this is definitely a good thing. They Over the last couple of seasons, they've been boxed in to these season themes, and they don't know what to do with this. Well, we got things like the Exit of Extinction and Island of the Idols and Ghost Island. They want to, considering they're they're locked to Fiji for now, is for some reason they don't want to leave Fiji. Gonna have to do something, and they have to do these themes, but they can't come up with these themes and make them. They need to do something that keeps the game fresh and the show fresh. When they think these season themes are doing it, but the fans are not liking these season themes because they're taking away from the game. So. I think this will be a good thing for the show because they'll be able to get away from those themes and focused more on the game and the characters, which is the core of the show, more than these themes that they come up with, like Heroes, Heroes, Hustlers, and stuff like that. But there is a negative side I can see of this. A negative side I can see of this is them putting in more of these twists and stuff into the game because there is no theme. And there are twists that they have done that they have liked. I could see Survivor getting a little bit Big Brotherized, where they shoehorn this twist into the beginning of the game to keep it fresh because they feel like it's not fresh anymore. A good example of that is the Edge of Extinction. They do want the Edge of Extinction to come back in some way, and I can see with no title them not having to use the edge of extinction twist as a theme throughout the whole season so maybe they could do an edge of extinction pre-merge or maybe bring redemption island back or throw in a random exile island at some point um i i could see this causing the game to get a little more twistified in a sense which i hope it doesn't but i think it will definitely give the show more freedom to just be survivor which is what we all want we all just want more survivor we don't want more edge of extinction survivor we don't want more um ghost island like stuff like that we love the show that we love the game and the show and the characters and those all wrapped in the one is great without a twists um i definitely think we'll see more fire tokens and stuff like that in into the game, implemented into the game. I feel like I'm kind of um, rambling now at this point about this subject. <laughs> Probably doesn't sound very um, cohesive, but makes sense in my brain. So yeah, I see this as a good thing on one side that, that we'll get away from these game-altering twists throughout the season, like, 
all the way through the season from the pre-merge all the way to the final tribal council. The negative is though that they might twistify the game in the early parts more often because they could see it growing stale, which I hope not. Uh, speaking more about uh, season 41, uh, season 41's cast has been leaked on to again off the desk of Martin Holmes at uh, Inside Survivor. We'll probably be talking about that a lot about this man a lot. So more than half the cast has now been uh, leaked to Inside Survivor. It seems like we're only getting 18 players this season, which is um, surprising. Maybe we'll have three tribes. We haven't had, like, I don't think there's ever been an 18-member season without three tribes. So it'll be interesting to see if this is this, this does say how it is and just have 18. There's not a lot to talk about here because, you know, I'm not one of those people that, oh, they see this has leaked online and they go around and kind of be creepy and look into these people's backstories and their social medias and stuff. I'm not one of those people. I just see it and I'm like, oh, cool. There are some key people to talk about. Uh, We have uh, Erica... And Chantel from Toronto, Ontario. Both people from Tor- Toronto, Ontario. Uh, Erica is a communications professionalist, which which I assume means she works in marketing. I have a communications degree too, which pretty much means I work in marketing or some facet of marketing. Chantel, who is a pastor slash comedian, which is an interesting combo. You don't really see that most often. But the more interesting thing is that they're both from Ontario and they're both in their early 30s, early to mid 30s which is good. They're also women of color, which it's very rare that we get two women of color on Survivor, which means that they are adhering to their BIPOC uh, guidelines that they set for themselves, which is a good thing. I'm, I'm glad that we have finally have confirmation that that's actually going to be a thing through this leaked cast list. I mean, for all we know, this cast list could be bullshit, but I trust Martin Holmes. He's seems like a credible person in the community. There's only two other people on here that stick out or that have stuck out through my scrolling through social medias today because this literally just came out uh, today. Uh, One is David Voice, and he is a doctor from Nashville, Tennessee. The thing about him that's cool is that it seems like he is a neurosurgeon and he was involved in writing a paper about neurosurgeons' obituaries. I think, see, the, if we go into the abstract of this paper, this paper was written back July 9th of 2019. The abstract states the background. Textual analysis of obituaries provided insight into the shared values of profession or community. Neurosurgeon obituaries are frequently published in both the medical literature and the lay press, but the content of these works never have been analyzed. So it seems like they're going through old neurosurgeon obituaries and analyzing them for some reason. Uh, Let's see, let's go to their methods. Using obituary pieces from neurosurgery, Journal of Neurosurgery, and the New York Times, frequent terms are quantified through preliminary test text analysis to derive the relative importance of concepts such as innovation, research, training, and family. The sentiment of these obituaries is qualitatively reviewed to approximate perceptions of neurosurgical legacy 
within the profession and the general public. Huh? I'm reading this for the first time live on the air, and I don't know... What does this mean? Hold on. Using obituary pieces, frequent terms are quantified through text analysis. And Okay, well, so there, it seems like they're going through old obituaries and seeing what terms are used frequently to, to do what? Oh, let's, let's just go to the results. 30 relevant obituaries with full text available were identified in the Journal of Neurosurgery. 14 in, 14 in neurosurgery and 23 in the New York Times. Both neurosurgical journals and lay press articles relied on linear narratives with greater emphasis on professional leadership and residency training in neurosurgical journals and proportionally greater mentions of family in the lay press. Oh, so, okay, I get it. So pretty much they're saying in here that in neurosurgical journals, their obituaries more go along the sides of their leadership and training within the neuro, like neurological surgery um, lines. But when it comes to the like things like professional newspaper, like New York Times, they talk more about their families and stuff like that. Which I mean, I guess that I mean that makes sense. I don't really understand why this is a paper. Uh, the conclusion they draw is that preliminary text analysis of neurosurgeon obituaries suggest what values are shared among the professional community and general public with regard to the legacy of a neurosurgeon. Keywords are legacy, memoriam, obituary, text analysis. Okay. We just went through a segment on the podcast where I confused myself for 20 minutes. Uh, that was great. Uh, I hope you guys are as confused as I am. And uh, I'm going to move on from this because I don't really know where to go from here with this guy. I don't know if we ever had a neurosurgeon on Survivor. He's also 34 years old, so he's in his early to mid-30s, which is a good thing. We're starting to see more older people um, on Survivor, which is great. Um, The last person from this rumored cast that I want to talk, I will mention their names when we go through at the end, but one more person I wanted to mention was um, Danny McRae. I think I hope that's how you pronounce his last name. He is 33 years old from Houston, Texas. He is a retired NFL player. So I just wanted to go through and look up his stats really quick and more talk about him. So his Wikipedia says that he is in America, he's a free safety and special teams player who is currently a free agent. So that he's not retired, but he's a free agent, and that's why he's here on Survivor instead of on the football field. Uh, he was an undraft. He was signed by the Dallas Cowboys after being an undrafted free agent in 2010. He also played college ball at LSU. He, the teams he has played for are the Dallas Cowboys 2010-2013, Chicago Bears 2014, and then back to the Cowboys in 2015. And it seems like he's been a free agent since then. I mean, it's been it's been six years. I, not that any disrespect. I mean, if you haven't gone on a team in six years and you're 33 years old, might be time to pack it up. I don't know. Total tackles, 146 sacks, one forced fumbles, one fumble recoveries, one interceptions, two. I, it's 
it's always interesting, right, to see these professional athletes pop up on Survivor. I mean, we don't really get a ton. Uh, we've gotten a few here and there. We've had Olympic Olympic swimmers. We've had uh, Cliff Robertson, RIP, all come through. Uh, we had Alan Ball back in season 35, who was also a full... Oh, wait. He is retired. Oh, <laughs> uh, I definitely read that out loud on the podcast, too, that he was retired, and I just, I just kind of shitted on him. Well... <laughs> My apologies to Dan McCray if he is listening to this. I definitely apologize for telling you to pack it up when you already have. You probably already did many years ago. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see another athlete on Survivor. You don't get a lot of them. So, uh, and they always typically go far. I know, at least from what I know of Survivor, I mean, uh, we had Gary Hogaboom. I think he made it to... I think he made it to the merge in Survivor Guatemala. I don't really remember. The two that haven't done great are obviously Cliff Robinson and Alan Ball, but Alan Ball more went home because of a twist more than anything. He got idled out of the game. But, um, yeah. So, so to go through all these people one last time, we have uh, Danny McRae, the football, <laughs> the retired football player. Let me put emphasis on that. We have uh, Deshaun Raiden. Uh, 26 shift manager and medical scribe. Is medical scribe the ones that write down the prescriptions? I don't know. Uh, again, Dan Voice, 34 from Nashville, Tennessee, doctor. Erica Kusupananan. I, I'm sorry if I butcher that name. I, I'm not. I mean, I speak English, but I'm not great at it, even though it is my first language. But, um, we have Richard Foyer. I assume that's what that means. There's an accent mark there. 31 from Bellingham, Washington is a flight attendant. I did not imagine that man to be a flight attendant. Just looking at his picture here. Uh, Sarah Wilson, 23 years old from Sherman Oaks, California. She's a medical engineering student. Uh, Chantel Smith, again, uh, 34 from Toronto, Ontario, pastor and comedian. Uh, Sydney Seagal, I think that is how you say that. I hope. I wonder if she's related to Stephen. Uh, 26 years old from Beverly Hills, California, t- law student and legal intern. Okay, uh, we get a, we definitely get a lot of lawyers on Survivor, and they, they never really do all that great. From what I can remember, I think I think Carolyn was a lawyer. I could be wrong. They, I think she's probably the one that's gone the farthest out of any of the lawyers. On the show, and then last we have Xander Hastings, a twenty-year-old Jackson from Jacksonville, Florida, computer science student. So yeah, that's the first half of this cast. Uh, those sirens are on my side, not yours. If you hear those, one last thing about the first half of this cast that is good is that we seem to have a good. We have a good mix of diversity, which is great. We also have a good mix of age range, which is great. We have people in there mid to early 30s and you know we got people down in their 20s which is a definite like that's going to happen on survivor no matter what but the other thing that is great is no 16 year olds i definitely think that cbs and jeff both or not just jeff just all survivor production in general saw what happened like the reaction to them announcing 16-year-olds at the end of Winners at War, 
that they decided, okay, no 16-year-olds. Which is honestly the best decision they could have made. The fact that they thought that was a good idea astonishes me. It's insane to think that. To think, like, the emotional toll that these people go through when they go on these shows, and they even talked about it on Winners at War, and they decided, you know, the best people that, go, that we think should be on the show, a 16-year-old. That doesn't even know, really know who they are yet. 16-year-olds have no clue. Most 16-year-olds, I should say, not all of them, don't even know what they're going to study in college, if they go to college. They don't know what they're going to do after high school. You want them to go play Survivor on a jungle with a bunch of cutthroat people? That sounds like the worst idea I've ever heard. But less about that. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, again, this cast is looks great. I hope they play great. I... Hope by this time next week we'll be able to talk the other half of the cast, so we'll have a full cast to talk about next week. The last there's another survivor story that needs to be talked about. The one last one that needs to be talked about again off the desk of Martin Holmes from Inside Survivor. It seems like Fiji has locked down again due to COVID, and it's hindering season 42. Now let's just go back here the story was reported i think last week on may 12th so and i think this was definitely the week before that so beginning of may the fijian government announced it was extending its ban on all international passenger flights due to a recent rise in covid19 cases and this seemed to put the filming of survivor 42nd season in jeopardy however now that um, the story has come out. That doesn't seem to be the case. It seems as if these the cast was able to land in Fiji and was able to do the 14-day quarantine before filming had started. And now we know that see the they are going to start. And I have heard that the season 41 contestants have now made it back to America. So it seems as if production is on its way. I think we're definitely going to get a fall and spring season. I don't think there's anything to worry about now. The other thing that was in this article that I wanted to talk about, especially with season 41 and 42, season 41 wrapped filming uh, earlier this week, so that was like two, like a week ago at this point. Season 42 is expected to be a shortened game somewhere between 26 to 29 days. And when this news came out a week ago, people started flipping their lids. Like, are you serious? No 39 days. Survivor's supposed to be 39 days. You're cutting thir 10 to 13 days off of the thing. It's like, guys, guys, calm down. Calm down. We've been without Survivor for a year I don't think 13 less days is Well, <laughs> if you heard me go out there for a second, my internet went out. Um, I'm also recording through a... I'm not re recording usually as people do through Audacity and stuff like that because I can't figure that out. So I'm recording through Discord um, so I can use a bot to record. So I got disconnected from my Discord because of my internet. Now, I was talking about... Oh, yeah, the, the shortened season. So, I don't see a problem with this. Like, they 
we're in a, again, we're in a day and age where we are, they have to do a 14 day quarantine that, and usually production lasts, I would obviously the 39 days, but also probably a week of the pregame before that, where they're with each other. So they have now added 14 days onto that production. So I can definitely see why they have decided to go in a 26 to 29 day um, span instead. They don't have to pay the hundreds of crew members that they've had extra time to be there. They don't have to pay the cast extra time to be there. They don't have to rent out the ex- probably expensive um, resort that they send the people to Ponderosa to for another 14 days. So, I mean, I'm just happy we're getting a Survivor season in the spring. I mean, that's what it seems like this is going to be affecting. Um, It would suck again to have Survivor come back for season 41 and then not have it come back for season 42 for another year because of this. But I'm definitely glad we're getting it. And I'm I'm not upset that we're getting a shortened game. Honestly... Make it even, make it even shorter. Make it twenty days. Like, I don't see it as a problem. I don't understand why it is a problem in the first place. Because whenever we talk about Big Brother, and when Big Brother is lengthened to ninety nine days or a hundred days, we all groan and moan because it's on for too long. Which I agree, a hundred day season for Big Brother is way too long. And when we get an eighty five day season, it's like, oh, thank God we have this. But now when it comes to survivors, like, oh, we can't mess with survivors' length. What are you doing? It's like, it's not a it's not a big problem. It's not a big problem at all. Yep. So moving on from this, uh, we're getting into the end of the podcasts now. Or the last section of the podcast, I should say. And for the last section of the podcast, I wanted to do a casting section, as I talked about at the top of the podcast. And for the casting section, we just got Big Brother Canada 9. Uh, probably the best season of Big Brother since Big Brother 20, honestly. And what I wanted to do, since we're coming up on Big Brother Canada 10, and there's a lot of talk about All-Stars even on the television show. Like Julie mentioned it on the tele, like Julie the with the Canada contestant, not the host of Beer with the U.S., like mentioned Julie for All Stars, and it definitely seems like we might be getting All Stars for Big Brother Canada Ten, considering it might also be the last season of Big Brother Canada, which I I hope not. Big Brother Canada is great, but if this next season was going to be All Stars and it was going to be the final season of Big Brother Canada, what better way than to do a big, massive all-star season? Now, I wanted to go through every single season here and kind of give my thoughts on who from those seasons I think should be brought back for a big, explosive all-star season. Um, I did... I have made my cast uh, 16 people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about each season individually. I'm going to say who made the short list. And after we get through all nine seasons, um, I will talk about who from the short list is being put onto uh, my cast. So um, for me, I'm a big fan of Big Brother. 
Uh, Big Brother Canada is kind of a dark spot in my knowledge. It's kind of a vacant spot in my knowledge of Big Brother. I've watched a few Big Brother seasons, Big Brother Canada seasons. I have watched a condensed version of Big Brother Canada 1 that's on YouTube. That was really good. Uh, check it out. It's somewhere on YouTube. I think it's like three to four hours. Um, I've seen all of Big Brother Canada 2, 3, 5, and 9, the most recent one. I've seen about the first couple of weeks of Big Brother Canada 6. Um, I can't... I So, the people that will be talking about from the seasons that I haven't seen much of are people that I know about because of how big they're talked about in the community as pretty much icons of the game. If you're talked to... If for something I don't watch and I hear your name come up a lot, to me, you're a known quantity in the community and you're a big enough name to be on a big all-star season. It, to me, in my opinion. Um, so let's go through now and talk about our shortlist picks from Big Brother Canada 1. Let's, let's talk about one who didn't quite make the list, and that was Gary. Um, the reason I didn't put Gary on was because of Big Brother Canada 5. I think if Gary was not on Big Brother Canada 5, we wouldn't see him. I think definitely because him going out as early as he did in Big Brother Canada 5 hurts his chances of being on Big Brother All-Stars. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on Big Brother Canada All-Stars, but I don't think production want to bring him back for a third time, considering the second time wasn't that great and didn't make that big of a splash from what I what I saw. So he didn't uh make it in that terms. But I he I wouldn't be mad if he was there. I'll say that. I think he would should definitely deserve to be there. He just didn't make my shortlist. Um the first person I want to talk about from my shortlist is uh Peter Brown. Peter Brown, at least from the condensed version I watched, seems like a really good player especially in the early ages of big brother canada because obviously the strategy of big brother has definitely exploded i wouldn't say exploded more but has definitely like more people are coming into big brother playing the game especially where they're canada more than back in those days because uh, remember big brother canada one i believe took place after big brother 14 and that was nine years ago so that that's a lot of time for the strategy to evolve and i think peter does play a very good game of bigger than canada one he he something about peter that i like is that he never stops trying to win like even with the week he was going home he was trying everything to stay in the house at least it seems like from the edit that i watched um, the only thing that trips him up at the end is he tries, well, A, Jillian has a final two with everyone in the house besides him, so it wasn't really advantageous for her to keep her, or for her to keep him. And two, he kind of did probably what is the worst tactical move you could do in Big Brother, which is threaten to taint the jury against somebody, which never works i don't understand why people do this but the thing about that move for peter is that he does it and it works 
The only reason it doesn't work is because Topaz puts the wrong key in the box. And that is super impressive to say you're going to taint the jury and then actually do it. Actually be able to pull it off when multiple people over the years have said they were going to do it and didn't. That's definitely impressive and I would like um, to see him play again. Also considering he's a big member of the community. The only thing is that I don't know if Peter Brown wants to play Big Brother again. I also don't know what his relationship is with production. I know for a while, after Big Brother Canada won, he was on the sideshow, which existed for a while. I don't really know how long that relationship went on for. So yeah, uh, Peter Brown on the short list. Uh, the next woman we want to talk about from Big Brother Canada 1. Actually, we'll talk about both women from Big Brother Canada 1 for a second because they tie into each other. So, both of them we've already mentioned. The first one is uh, Jillian. Jillian, so for this short list, I wanted to get as many winners as possible onto the cast because I think that's definitely something you need for an all-star season is a good amount of winners. Like, how can you be an all-star? Like, how can there be all-stars if they haven't won or gotten far into the game? And I think Jillian is an interesting winner because she's the, really the only winner that has an asterisk next to her next to her win. Like, Jillian does not win Big Brother Canada 1 if Topaz doesn't put the wrong key in the box. And people always mark her down for that. It's like, we can't rate, like, people say we can't rate her as a winner because she shouldn't have won because the person put the wrong key in the box, which I think is unfair to her. I definitely think she does play a good game and she does, technicality or not, still win the game and she's still listed as a winner of the game. It's not changed. Like, they didn't give the check to Gary because of it. Um, I don't know if there was something behind the scenes that happened about that, but. Um, so I think she'll have something to prove, and she's honestly the one winner from Big Brother Canada that I think has the most interesting storyline if they were going to come back, because she actually, unlike most of these winners, like they all, a lot of these winners have something to prove, but she's the biggest one in the history of North American Big Brother that has something to prove, and I think she would come in there like a rocket if she wanted to play Big Brother again. Again, I don't follow these house guests after they leave the show, so I have, or most of them, so I have no idea if they want to play Big Brother again. I hope she wants to play Big Brother again. I would love to see Jillian back on the show. Uh, the next person I want to talk about, another woman, is the person that put the wrong key in the box, and that's Topaz. The only reason Topaz makes the short list is because of Jillian. Jillian, I think Topaz and Jillian being in the house together is a very interesting storyline. It's kind of like Marcellus and Danielle, kind of, but like on a more extreme basis. Like this person made a blunder that won this other person in the game. It's maybe affected both of their lives in a in very impactful way. Um, so it would definitely be an interesting storyline to see those two back. Also, the moment of her putting the key in the box is probably the reason 
why Big Brother Canada even got nine seasons. I mean, it's one of the most talked about moments in the history of not just North American Big Brother, but all of Big Brother as a franchise. Like, it's the movie, like, even if you don't know who the name Topaz is, you probably know her, oh, as the girl that put the wrong key in the box. So I think they would definitely, from a marketing perspective, they would want to get her back in there, and especially if Jillian is there as well, will be a great in for them to probably do some great marketing. For her to be there would be really great. Um, so yeah, Topaz on the short list. I don't know if she'll make the final cast. She's just because of her storyline. She's up there. I don't think she's the greatest of players. Um, and I don't think she's an all-star worthy player, but just her storyline and her character on the show um, definitely puts her up there. Um, the other, the last person from Big Brother Canada one that I wanted to talk about was Emmett. Now, the thing with Emmett is that he, at the time, for a long time, was considered maybe the greatest Big Brother Canada player, or one of the big, or one of the best Big Brother Canada players. Um, he definitely did. There were definitely a lot of things that he did that a lot of players don't really do. He he was able he was able to take his emotions out of the game more like any other player that I've ever seen in the history of Big Brother. I've never seen someone take their emotions out of the game like I saw Emmett do, at least in the supercut that I watched of his game. And I think he's definitely a big enough revered name in the community to bring him back for, especially for one, if you're going to bring someone back from Big Brother Canada 1, especially if he wants to come back. I don't know if he wants to come back. I don't know what his, again, what his relationship with production is and if production wants him back or if he wants to come back. But if he wants to come back, he's definitely on the short list and he most probably makes the cast. Um, so moving on from Big Brother Canada 1, we go to Big Brother Canada 2. And there's three people from Big Brother Canada 2 I want to talk about. We'll start with the men. And the one man from Big Brother Canada 2 that I would think the show would want to bring back, and I don't know if he would want to come back per se, is uh, John Party, the winner of Big Brother Canada 2. I think John Party is a very underrated winner in my opinion i think he definitely more often than not in most big brother seasons gets towards the end of the game especially with his social game and his competition prowess i guess i think he won three hohs in that season i'm not 100 percent certain on that but again like john is another giant figure in the zeitgeist of not just Big Brother Canada, but Big Brother North American at, as a whole. Like, John cutting Netta, which is another person we'll talk about, spoiler alert, that is one of the, like, it's talked about even by people, like, in Big Brother US, people talk about it. Like, Derek talked, like, it was Derek has said that was in his head going into Big Brother 16 and thinking, oh, maybe Cody might cut me. Obviously, he doesn't. But... Like, in every season now, we hear, especially with the Canada, of people talking about cutting their showmans, cutting their duo partner at the end, wanting to pull the, the John Party move, which won him the game. 
So I think having that person that made that move back, especially both people make that move and come back, will definitely be a big deal. And spoiler alert, Netta, I think Netta is another person that I would love to see on this cast. The thing is, I don't think after Big Brother Canada 5, Netta really wants to come back for Big Brother Canada again. Um, I don't know if she's been open to it. I've heard her talk on Kevin Martin's stream about it. I don't really remember what she said about it. I I don't. I just don't think she needs it. I don't think she wants it. Um, I definitely think production would want her back. But if she wants to come back, she's 100% a lock for the cast. The other person that is also tied to Netta from Big Brother Canada 2 that would be a lock on this cast if she wanted it and if she had... I don't know what their relationship with production is now. I know them and ET Canada kind of had a falling out, maybe even her and Global. But that is uh, Aiko Wong. I would love to see Aika get a third shot at Big Brother, especially after the iconic performance in Big Brother Canada 5. She's easily one of the biggest names in Big Brother Canada, probably the biggest name in Big Brother Canada at this point. Also being being like front and center in all the interviews for Big Brother and ET Canada, she's definitely a huge name and probably the biggest lock on the board if she wants to come back. What are the things that are, is there to say about Aika? Great player, great personality, legend of the game. Nothing more you can really say about her. If she wants to come back, she can. And she should. I, I would love to see her get a third shot at Big, at Big Brother Canada, not just Big Brother as a whole. Moving on, we go to Big Brother Canada 3. Um, surprisingly, there were five people from Big Brother Canada 3 that I considered. Uh, the first one being uh, Brittany. I think Brittany would... I don't know how people feel about Brittany. I never really hear people talk about Brittany anymore in sense of the game, but I know she... She was a big character on that season. She also was a big fan favorite on that season, her and Sarah, that they get the the superpower have-not twist that pretty much wins Sarah the game, let's be honest. So yeah, I would like... I think she's definitely someone that I can see in consideration in. Um, someone that I would like to see on Big Brother again. I think with a second shot, she could maybe improve some of the things that she didn't do so great in Big Brother Canada 3 on her first attempt. So I think a second attempt would be definitely great for her. Um, and the next person, Big Brother Canada 3, I, I already mentioned them, which is um, Sarah Handlin, uh, the winner of Big Brother Canada 3. I definitely think if, again, don't know if they want to come back. I don't think if they want to come back at all. But I definitely think there's an interesting story there with Sarah that if she wanted to come back, they could easily tell it. A lot of people, especially in the super fan community of Big Brother, I don't really know in the casual community of Big Brother Canada how people feel about Sarah. I assume she's very liked in the community. They, a lot of people consider her not a great winner, 
mostly because of the have-not twist. I mean, I consider her not a great winner because of that. She would have been out. She most likely would have been out that week without it. So, I mean, personally, I wouldn't really care to see a Sarah return to Big Brother, but I definitely think the show would want it. And if she wanted, I think she'd definitely be there again. She's another winner. So if you're a winner, you're going to get consideration. Um, expect, I mean, for me, you're going to get consideration. But um, besides that, there's not really a lot for me to talk about Sarah. She makes a lot of blunders in the game that just kind of end up working out for her. She, like her taking out Willow in the final, like in the triple eviction. I mean, she didn't do it on purpose, but she had a wrong read. And her alliance member goes home because of it, which is always a terrible thing. Like, if you ever do a move that gets your alliance member out of the game, it's... I, I can't consider you an all-star, but the thing is, she won the game. So what do I... What do I do here? So, she's on the shortlist. Uh, there are more things to talk about, Sarah, that I don't have to top in my head right now. Um, we'll definitely come back to those at a later date. Um, the next person from Big Brother Canada 3 that got consideration, there. I, I just wanted to mention them because they are, in my opinion, an icon to Big Brother Canada just because of what they did in their season. But I, I don't think this person is ever going to come back to Big Brother. I don't think... He doesn't need it. I don't think he wants it either, but that's uh, Kevin Martin from Big Brother Canada 3 and the winner of Big Brother Canada 5. Um, the sense I get from Kevin is that he doesn't want to play Big Brother again. He already won. He doesn't seem like... Initially, he didn't have a great experience with the show. I know he's come to terms with that at this point. So, I mean, I would love to see it. I don't think it's ever going to happen. He's in a successful po point in his life. He's doing great with the streaming, great with the poker. I believe he's getting married. Um, it's sometime in the future. So I don't, and he's already won. So I don't think he has the itch to go back and play again. I don't think he really has something to prove. I, I put him on the shortlist because he is a big character, at least in the super fan community to big brother Canada. And also just like the stats, on him like peridium who's a survivor and big brother youtuber if you don't know which i mean if you're listening to this podcast you definitely know because how do you know about me and not peridium he did a video on the top five times big brother players broke the game and number five was or number one was kevin from big brother Can in big brother canada five a stat that he said because like in big brother canada five at the end all the competitions were like question trivia based competitions and every comp he was eligible for that was one of those competitions he scored a 100 percent pretty said that if you wanted to beat him you'd have to score 100 percent and then beat him in a tiebreaker which that is the most impressive stat i've ever seen in any uh american or you like American or Canada version of the show. Easily the most dominant mental competitor in the history of competitions in North American Big Brother. And, I mean, 
how do you have someone like that and not consider him he's also a winner? I just wanted to talk about him a little bit because uh, I definitely think he deserves a second chance. Or not a second chance, but like if you wanted to come back, he deserves it, and I would like to see it again, but I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think he wants it or needs it. The other, Another person from Big Brother Canada 3 was also on him at Big Brother Canada 5, and that was his partner in crime, Bruno. I definitely think production likes Bruno. I also think Bruno is a little bit underrated by the community, but also think he's also a big name in the just Big Brother like contestant community, not just the fan community. I think a lot of people in the community like Bruno, and I think he's definitely a big part of that community. So I think they would definitely want to bring him back. I don't. He has said if he played again, he would want to play with players that he wants to play with logical players. He doesn't really see an interest in playing with emotional players. Like he definitely likes more logic and stuff like that. So if they can entice him, I think he would come back. I don't. Again, I don't think he wants it. He's doing well with the Twitch stuff, and he's just, you know, being a father and all that stuff. So I don't know if he'd want to come back. I just wanted to give him consideration. Um, also, kind of gets screwed, in my opinion, in Big Brother Canada a 3 by that have-not twist. I definitely think without that, he goes far, and he probably maybe even wins that season without that twist. Also, be a good storyline with him and Sarah, and maybe even Brittany back in the house again for that. Um, so yeah, uh, Bruno makes the short list. Uh, the next person to make the short, the last person from Bigger Canada three to make the short list is um, Godfrey Godfrey Manguiza, the runner up from Big Brother Canada. Um, he's still is still considered like one of the. I had to go close my window real quick. Um, Godfrey is still considered one of the best players in Big Brother Canada to never win the game, which I definitely agree with. I think he should have won Big Brother Canada 3. I'm still I still don't understand why that didn't happen. I guess what I have heard is that Bruno and Bobby were campaigning for him hard in the jury house and that kind of rubbed people the wrong way and it kind of pushed people towards um Sarah instead. So, I mean, I would, I think Godfrey definitely deserves a second chance, and he should. I mean, I just don't know if he wants to come back. I mean, I haven't really heard anything from, about Godfrey in the community for a couple of years. Um, he also had some interesting strategies to the game that we don't really see. One, there was one that I heard about from some Big Brother video. I can't remember which one, but they said Godfrey wanted... He wanted to bring in a wedding ring and like plant it in a showman's bag so they get into a fight. Like that's a com that's a completely weird and off the wall strategy that I've never heard in Big Brother. It definitely seems Doctor Will esque, and Doctor Will is my favorite player in the history of Big Brother. So if we can get more Doctor Will energy through anybody in Big Brother. I'm glad it would, it would be it would be Godfrey, and I would like. To see maybe some of those strategies he's maybe been permeating over the years in his head come to fruition. And I would definitely like to see Godfrey get a second chance and fulfill that arc 
of hopefully winning again or trying to win again. Um, on to Big Brother Canada Four. Only a few, only a few people from Big Brother Canada Four got consideration. It's one of the seasons I haven't seen. Um, I don't really know a lot about these players. I only know them because I've heard a lot about them. Um, the first one is uh, Tim Dormer from uh, Big Brother Canada, Big Brother Australia. Uh, Tim is a big name, not just in Big Brother, not Big Brother Canada, but more Big Brother Global. Like he's a huge name in Big Brother Australia and all that. But um, yeah, not really, not really a lot I know about Tim. I don't think Tim would want to come back. And I think they were, if they were going to call someone from Big Brother Canada for one of the males, Tim would definitely be um, what like the person they would definitely call because he's probably the most well-known person from that season. But I don't think he's going to want to come back. I don't think production necessarily is going to want him back, especially after just giving up in the final three HOH competition because he didn't study his days. Um, so, yeah, I Tim Dormer, someone that should have come back if he wants to come back, should be on All-Stars. He's definitely he's not just an All-Star. He's a big brother legend and all that. Um, the other person is Cassandra. Again, only seen Cassandra for a couple of weeks in Big Brother Canada Five. Don't really know a lot about her. Um, I just, I'm gonna move on because I, again, I don't know a lot about her. I only know that she is a big name and she was a big name from that season. So if they want to bring back someone from Big Brother Canada Four, it would probably be her. The last person from Big Brother Canada, from Big Brother Canada Four, that got consideration for me was Kelsey. Now, um, I, I. I the only thing I know about Kelsey is that she was in the final two and she was a big part of that season being in the showmance with Jared. Besides that, I don't really know a lot about Kelsey. She, the only reason I thought about her, cause she's one of the only people not seeing that season in the real time that sticks out in my mind. Cause like, I remember hearing about her and remember her showmance being important to the season. And obviously her losing to the Pax Bros was a big thing because I spoiler alert, Pax Bros did not get consideration. I I've heard the stories of them not being particularly great players, and I've seen a couple of clips of them not being particularly great players. So I don't think, and with them being two players, I don't think they would want to bring them back in again and play as one player, which would be funny. But I don't think they would do it. Um, back to Kelsey. Yeah, I mean. If they want to bring back someone from, especially a woman from Big Brother Canada 4 that they haven't brought back yet, like Cassandra, I think Kelsey is probably the most likely because when I look at the cast from Big Brother Canada 4, there's not really a lot that just seeing it on, like seeing it on the perimeter that I recognize or I've even heard about since then. I mean, I haven't heard about Kelsey since then, but like she's one of the only people that I recognized from that cast and be like, oh, that person. You can put them on if you want to. I know nothing about her. She gets consideration. I don't know. She probably won't even make my final cast. So away from Big Brother Canada 4, I know we just kind of brushed over it. It's one of the seasons I have the least amount of knowledge on. Uh, going on to Big Brother Canada 5. Let's. There's only two of the newbies that I considered. Um, all the other veterans from Big Brother Canada 5, we would have talked about them already if I considered them... Again, I considered Kevin, Bruno, Netta, Ika. All of them have been considered. Um, Cassandra. I doubt they would bring all five of those people back again if they wanted to come back. 
but uh, the newbies, uh, back onto the newbies, the newbies from Big Brother Canada 4 that I thought would be locks to come back if they want to come back are Dimitri's. I think Dimitri's and Ika coming back in again is kind of like a Rob and Amber kind of dynamic would be interesting and fun and definitely a big selling point to probably the network and the producers. And I definitely think Dimitri's Dimitri's is interesting because I don't really know where he aligns strategically. I know him more as a character and a comp beast. Like he's definitely an interesting he was definitely fun on the show. Him and Ika had a fun dynamic, especially them playing off each other was very fun in the show. Um, he's also like watching the rewatch with on Kevin's Twitch stream. Something that they kept bringing up was that Dimitri's was just scary in competitions, just absolutely scary. And if they're gonna bring back a person to fill the comp beast role, it would have to be Dimitri's. Especially if they got Dimitri's back. So, so yeah, Dimitri's, bring him back. Um, he'll definitely be a threat in competitions. He'll be targeted early because of that. And we'll get a couple, especially if Ika's there too, we'll get a couple of interesting weeks with I, Ika and Dimitri's that'll make great television. And I think they'll add a lot to the game, especially him being a giant comp threat. So, yeah, I'd definitely put Dimitri's in there. The next person from Big Brother Canada 5, not really... As a as a player, I don't see them as a great player. But as a character, I think they're great, and that's Karen from Big Brother Canada. Um, she's she's definitely in big in Big Brother Canada because or Big Brother North American, actually. Because I believe she is the second because Kevin is the second unanimous winner in the history of North American Big Brother, if I remember correctly. That makes Karen the second unanimous loser of Big Brother Canada, and I think her being in there would make a great story and something that they could definitely tell on the show. Also, Karen is just a great character, especially if you, you get Karen in there and she finds another Kevin to make fun of. It's BTV Gold, BDR Gold. Um, I would love to see her get another shot at Big Brother just because of how great of a character she is and see if she's learned some things from her first time playing that she didn't necessarily do all that well. So yeah, uh, Karen definitely is in the upper top of the shortlist for me just because of how big she is in the community as well as also being a giant character for that season. Moving on to... Two seasons I don't have a lot of knowledge about, and that's Big Brother Canada 6 and Big Brother Canada 7. I watched maybe two weeks of Big Brother Canada 6, so I'm just going to give you the cliff notes of the people that stick out in my mind when I hear people talk about Big Brother Canada 6. The first one uh, being Johnny. Johnny is someone that I hear a lot about be like being a big player on the live feeds and people being really interested in what he was doing on the live feeds, but then being undercut by the television show. Now I can't speak to that at all. I can only say what I have heard. But 
because of that, I don't know if production is going to want to bring him back because I don't know if the people that don't watch the feeds for Big Brother Canada are going to know who he is because I, I don't even know if there's a moment on the show that is big that the super f- or casual fans will remember of him. So the super fan community talks about him a lot. I gave him consideration, so he's here. Um, two other people, like two two women that are kind of locked at the hip in the history of Big Brother Canada, and that's Kayla and Paris. Obviously because Kayla was the final two and Paris was the winner of that season. Obviously Paris... Paris is someone that gets discredited in the community for her win. Other people praise her win. She's a very polarizing winner, especially next to Kayla, which a lot of people, like, she was the front runner going into that, um, going into that final vote. So I think having the both of them back again would definitely be an interesting storyline. Also, having players that did perform well and played well having a story together especially the winner and the final two person having a story you can call back to definitely gives them more consideration than most people so yeah i definitely put them in the short list i definitely think they're high up on the short list if both these players want to come back i think they are definitely on the season no matter what um the lat the last woman from big brother canada i want to talk about is erica a lot of people mention Erica. I know she doesn't go particularly far in Big Brother Canada, but the thing is, everyone always talks about how big of a comp beast she was. So there's not a lot of female comp beasts that I see on this list, at least that I remember. So if they want to get a female comp beast in there, I think Erica is the best choice for that. Oh, I And I definitely think she's probably a memorable figure in the community because of that. So bringing her back in that role definitely makes sense. The last person from Big Canada I want to talk about, which might be surprising to some people, but definitely probably shouldn't be, considering how big they are in the community, at least in my opinion. And that is uh, Hamza from Big Brother Canada 6. Hamza is someone that always intrigued me. The stuff that I saw on Big Brother Canada 6 definitely impressed me in what he was able to do. I've also seen him in um, Sequester, and he impressed me there. He definitely has the chops to be a great player. The problem is, I mean, he kind of got screwed by the diversity angle of not, like, there... He wasn't able to fit in be- to the large group because of that, so he kind of got undercut. So with the new casting initiatives that exist, I think giving him a second shot and also like, with the chops that I know he has because I've seen them, I think he'd be able to do well, and he might even catapult himself into great player status, in my opinion and might even be able to launch himself into a win, most definitely, because he would be that one person that is like a pre-jury boot that comes back into the game, who those always do well. Like I think there was a stat I saw the other day that the place, the placements that come back 
into an all-star season and win are most are mostly like uh pre-jury players or ones that do very well are pre-jury players um so like this is mostly in survivor so like boston rob goes out in the pre-jury the next season he comes back he wins uh tyson goes home in the pre-jury next season he comes back he wins um tony goes in the pre-jury he comes back he wins so I think he's definitely in a spot to do well if he comes back. I think a lot of people would love to see Hamza come back. I would love to see Hamza come back. I just, I'm not sure if he wants to come back for Big Brother again, especially after the last time, but I know he's been big in the community. He was a big part of the diversity push over the course of the last year for Big Brother. So I definitely think he deserves a spot on the cast. So I would definitely put him on there. I definitely put him in the short list, at least. On to Big Brother Canada 7. Again, I know nothing about Big Brother Canada 7. I didn't watch it. I haven't watched any of it. All I've heard is stuff on Twitter and stuff that was talked about it on this season of Big Brother. And the ob- the obvious returnees here and the only viable returnees here are the are the pretty boys, right? The thing is, how many pretty boys do you bring back is the question. Obviously, you want... So the the one you definitely want to bring back is um, Anthony. Anthony is definitely the one pretty boy that if he wants to come back is definitely a lock for the cast, I assume. I haven't watched Anthony play, but everyone I've heard... I mean, obviously I watched him play in in the sequester game, but I didn't really pay attention to what he was doing in there. Like in the sequester Big Brother Mini, I didn't really pay attention to what he was doing in there. But um, I would definitely be interested in seeing what he can do i know he's everyone that talks about him says he's a great player one of the best players in big brother canada he's definitely a revered player in big brother canada so i would definitely like to see it and i def and he also was brought back to host the jury segment for big brother canada 9 so if there is an all-stars anthony is there plain and simple so the next question is do you bring back all three pretty boys or do you bring back two? I think obviously you bring back two. And I think the one, the other, like the other two that are in consideration are Adam Pike and Dane, the winner of big brother, um, Canada. I would, I would say they're interchangeable. In my opinion, if, if Dane wants to come back, I would put Dane on the cast over Adam Pike. The thing is, does Dane want to come back already winning the show? So I, if Dane doesn't want to come back, put Adam on. If Adam, if Dane does want to come back, put Dane over Adam. Because I, I want more winners. Adam didn't win. Dane won. That's what it is. I don't think you bring back all three. That's definitely way too big of a threat and way too big of an advantage, especially for all three of them, if all three of them are there. Now, moving on, we're going we're gonna to rapid fire these next three because we literally just saw them. And we've... I've, I think I've been talking about this for over an hour now. So the last, the three from Big Brother Canada nine, I want to talk about. We're not, no one from Big Brother Canada eight is making it. The season didn't finish. Um, you can't really be an all star if you didn't play a full season. I, I thought their fault, but that's just how it is. In my opinion, I don't think any of them should be on. I would definitely say give those people a second chance if there is a Big Brother Canada eleven. Like do some kind of. Do a Big Brother Canada 5 or Big Brother Canada 11 where you bring a bunch of them back for a second shot with newbies. But for now, I would not. I would not bring them back, especially for a big-time all-star season like this. 
So the first person from the Canada 9 I want to talk about is, in my opinion, the best player from Big Brother Canada 9, and that's Kiefer. Uh, I think Kiefer's easily a lock to come back. I think, especially just for the fact that if Kiefer gets to the end of the game, he wins. And I think the show understands that. Like, I don't know if this season was five seasons from now, if they would bring Kiefer back, because he was definitely a big character on the show, but I don't think the community is going to remember him fondly. I will probably remember him fondly, but I definitely think he deserves a second chance. And just based on the fact that he would have won, and I think he would be a big target. Oh, actually thinking about that, he might not be a big target coming in. Um, I can only see him going if there is like a big targets alliance that forms and they spot him as the person that would have won the last season and they take him out. But I mean, Kiefer's very, Kiefer's very unthreatening in the early portions of the game, even though he does win a couple competitions in the early part of Big Brother Canada 9. In the late stretch, he doesn't really win anything. So I feel like people aren't going to really worry about him as much, even if he does come back. So I think he'd be in a prime position to get very close to the end of the game again and do very well. Um, Kiefer obviously had his problems in the game by telling, like, by pointing out decisions people could have made against him, like backdooring him or telling people that he is going to win no matter what if he's there. Those are those are definitely things you shouldn't do with Big Brother, and I hope if he comes back he learns from that and he decides not to do that. <laughs> because if, I think if he doesn't do those things, he probably definitely wins the show because I think people, I think he does get taken to the end, and I think people do vote for him. I mean, they all said they were going to vote for him. Besides that, uh, Kiefer, definitely. Um, the next person is uh, Victoria. I think Victoria, if you're going to bring a woman back from Big Brother Canada 9, Victoria is easily the best bet. She was the biggest woman character on the show. Following her would probably be Beth, but I don't think the show wants to bring Beth back, nor should they bring Beth back, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, uh, Victoria definitely made a lot of mistakes, and but she was definitely good at competitions, and I could see them wanting her back because she is a big character and she's going to be involved on the show because she's going to win those competitions early on like she does in regular Big Brother. I think she she wins. She's won two H, she won two HOHs in the early game. I kind of count three because the even though it was the team HOH, the team safety comp, it was kind of an HOH, kind of. But um, yeah, Victoria definitely makes the short list for the cast. Last but certainly not least is the winner of Big Brother Canada 9 is Ty. The thing about Ty is I definitely think Ty is a great player and a great winner of Big Brother Canada. I just, after before recording this, listened to his uh, deep dive that he did with Taryn Armstrong over on RHAP. The thing about Ty that that really intrigues me is how he comes in thinking about the game. Now, Ty is not a super fan from what I can tell. Cause he said he, 
when he came in, he watched a few seasons. I think he said he like watched one, two, three, uh, six, and seven were the ones that he watched going into the house. I could be I could be wrong there. So he definitely came in and watched a lot of seasons. He didn't really know much about Big Brother going in, and that definitely played a part in the early parts of the game. Because what I noticed from uh, Big Brother from his exit interview, really, or his deep dive is that he was very he was more willing to let the game just kind of play itself in the beginning part not not more that he was just standing back and things were happening around him more that he was just like complacent with what things were going on like oh this person's going home okay i mean the game's going that way what really matters so but i think if he were to come back he would see that as a bad thing cuz in my opinion it's a bad thing you definitely want to be able to establish control in those early parts of the game by having, like, kind of caring what happens in there is definitely important. It's not the most important thing, but it, um, I think it's definitely would be a hindrance on his game if a few competitions fall in different hands in that season. One of the, like, something that intrigues me about Ty is one thing he said was he doesn't understand why. When a group has the majority, why would they lie to the minority about what's going to happen? Which honestly makes sense. Why Why does that happen in Big Brother? It doesn't really make much sense because they have the majority. What's the point, as he brought up, of not of keeping them in the dark? Because it just kind of makes them pariahs. It kind of makes them look stupid and blindsides them. It makes them not want to work with you. It's definitely interesting, and he brings some interesting thoughts to the game, and I would definitely like to see him play again. I don't know if he's going to, especially a year immediately afterwards, but he definitely gets consideration on the short list. Now that we have the short list, let's, let's lock down this cast, shall we? So a lot of these, I wanted to do dream casting, but I think I'm going to do more of a realistic thing if the show would want to bring them back if they would want to come back firstly so for the men i have peter emmett john godfrey uh dimitris hamza anthony wait hold on how many people is that peter emmett john peter emmett john godfrey dimitris hamza anthony Dane and you can only have eight for 16. And I'm deciding between Kiefer and Ty. I think I'm gonna go. Wait, hold on. One, two, Peter Emmett, two, John, three, Godfrey, four, Demetri's five. Anthony, six, Hamza, seven, Dane, eight. Oh. So, okay, um, I definitely want to get, oh, hmm, I think, hmm, I don't want to cut Hamza, but I think I'm gonna have to, so I, yeah, I, I'm gonna cut Hamza for, t between Ty and Kiefer, I think I would take Kiefer, because I don't think, I don't think, Ty would want to play again so early 
after winning, already winning again. So for the men, we have Peter, Emmett, John, Godfrey, uh, Demetrius, Anthony, Dane, and Kiefer. So there's our men. For our women, we have Jillian, Netta. Actually, yeah, I feel like they can entice Netta. So Jillian, Netta, Ika. So those Jillian, Netta, and Ika are my locks. Cassandra, yeah, Cassandra four, Karen five, Kayla and Paris six, seven, and I'm gonna do Victoria as the eighth. So we have Jillian, Netta, Ika, uh, Cassandra, Karen, Kara, Paris, uh, Victoria as our eight. So, so to go through them one more time, my cast for. Uh, for yeah, for Big Brother Canada All Stars is hold on. So the cast that I have assembled for Big Brother Canada All Stars is Peter, Emmett, John, Godfrey, Demetrius, Anthony, Dane, Kiefer, Julian, Netta, Ika, Cassandra, Kara, or Karen, Kal Kayla, Kal Kayla. I think I thought you pronounced her name. Paris and Victoria. And I think that is honestly a pretty, it's a pretty stellar cast for Big Brother Canada. I think it's probably better than the All-Star season we got for um, Big Brother US, in my opinion. With that, we're going to come to an end of the podcast. If you want to, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Rooster or R Loving Man. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, don't ask. <laughs> I'll get to that as to why that is my Twitter name here in a second. Also, um, if you want to follow me on Twitch, is why the reason why my Twitter name is our loving man. My Twitch is a uh, rooster loving man on Twitch. If you want to know the reason for that username, uh, come into the Twitch and ask me, cause I will definitely give you the reason why we'll not go into it here. Um, but besides that, I definitely want to get these. These podcasts are going to come out every Friday. So if you could, Please uh, subscribe on the iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast because I am hoping that I'll be able to put them out there. And, uh, yeah, thanks, you guys, for listening. Have a good day. Bye.